You're listening to Make and Multiply, a podcast devoted to equipping the members of Emmaus Road Church to make and multiply disciples of Jesus Christ in the city of Sioux Falls. The people of Emmaus Road are committed to regular rhythms of gathering and scattering. We gather corporately in worship on Sunday mornings. We gather in missional communities and discipleship huddles, and we scatter throughout our city where we want to give every resident of Sioux Falls repeated opportunities to hear and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Make and Multiply. My name is Matt Groon, and I serve as one of the pastors at Emmaus Road Church, and I'm joined this morning by my good friends, Ryan Chase, one of the other pastors at Emmaus, and Caleb Durnberger, one of our pastoral residents, and who leads our music team. And this morning, we're back. We are back. It's been a while. I feel like it's been a couple weeks. There was a, a conference that we all went to, which we're going to talk about in a minute. There was Thanksgiving in the midst of all that. It was just kind of like a intense couple weeks of, and and we're back. And now we're just, we're in that weird dead sprint time between Thanksgiving and Christmas where there's just this anticipation slash weariness (laughs) slash all the hustle and bustle, the hustle and bustle of the tis the season. Mm -hmm. But it's good to be back. Uh, It's good to be back both (laughs) in Sioux Falls uh, after our conference in Orlando. Just good to be back here with you guys talking about this stuff. So Mm -hmm. we are going to try and spend this time this morning kind of recapping uh, our trip to Orlando a few weeks ago. If you've been at Emmaus and uh, you heard us in the announcements, ask for prayer. Maybe I know Greg's posted on Realm to to please pray for us while we're in Orlando that a group of us, I think, was it 15 total? 13? 13. 13 total Mm -hmm. uh, of us went down to Orlando to the Sovereign Grace Pastors Conference. Um, So our aim today is just kind of first, you know, tell you a little bit about what happens while we're there. Uh, why do we go? Who's all there? What do we do? What's the purpose of it? And then ultimately uh, what we want to talk about at the end is kind of the benefits of, of the week. Yeah. Why do we, and we invest quite a bit of money. We budget, this is a pretty sizable budget number for us every year of to, to, to send us pastors plus guests. We want to make room for people, uh, not guests to our church, but like guests to the conference, mm-hmm. people who aren't pastors, uh, people from our church to just kind of go and see it. So what are some benefits that we receive? Uh, why is it worth it to, to get, make this a priority mm-hmm. every November to gather down in Orlando? So that's kind of the goal of the podcast. Um, so we left November 14, gosh, it felt like 2023 <laughs> year of our Lord. <laughs> no, we, we, uh, we hopped on the 5am flight. Uh, some of us almost didn't make it for various reasons. Uh, but Super early in the morning to get down to Orlando by noon, uh, and so maybe Ryan, help us out. What 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 do we do down there? What what is our? Why do we go? Or not not I me? Mean not why do we go? But yeah, what happens there? Not it's not this weird mystery. Like we're trying not we're trying to unveil the mystery. <laughs> right. of what happens at this what conference? What do you do down? What there? do you do down there when you go down there? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so help us out. Well, probably the central events. The whole schedule kind of revolves around the main sessions, mm-hmm. and that first main session on Tuesday night. Uh, there's an excitement about that because it kicks off the whole thing. Everybody's flying in from literally around the world. We've got right people on. coming from Australia and from all over Asia and Europe mm-hmm. and Africa. And um, so people are there from around the world. Um, actually, Tuesday when it starts, that's, that's not really the first thing. The Council of Elders meeting is goes on the day before that, Good that point. Monday. And so the way our church polity works is 
every Sovereign Grace Church sends one elder as a delegate from our church to participate in that Council of Elders meeting. And so that's when national businesses taking care of um, uh, our book of church order. If there are amendments to that, um, there are important updates on church planting and all of that. So that happens on Monday. Greg was our delegate this year. He was down early. And then we all arrived on Tuesday. So we've got these main sessions and they look a lot like our Sunday gatherings. Mm -hmm. Um, We sing together, sing lots of songs. We sing loudly and expressively and um, joyously. And um, there's a, you know, usually a a pastoral prayer and there are incredible uh, testimonies and updates Mm -hmm. and stories that are shared in those main sessions that really uh, strengthen our partnership, uh, give us an update on church planting initiatives nationally and globally. Um, There's always a a pastor's college testimony, Mm -hmm. just reporting what God is doing through the ministry of the pastor's college, Mm -hmm. which really commends to all of our churches, send guys to the pastor's college. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's a, um, a sermon, preaching, from God's word. And it's a joy to hear from men like CJ Mahaney and Mm -hmm. Jeff Persewell Mm -hmm. and Jared Mellinger and John Payne. And, um, so those are the main sessions, but around that, then, um, there is time for breakout sessions and for some important meetings. And so for me, that first night, um, this has happened the last couple of years at some point during those few days, uh, I'm on a, a team of regional evangelists. So there's one guy from each region here in the United States on point for evangelism. We get together, uh, this year we had a dinner together on Tuesday. So catching up with one another, hearing updates, getting some, kind of instruction, encouragement from Jim Donahue, who leads that group. That, that's a, a highlight for me, for sure. And then this year, we it, I think we do this every year, we have an evangelism meeting that's available during the conference that everybody, anybody who's interested in evangelism, in Sovereign Grace, what that looks like, getting equipped for that, could come to that. And um, so I was involved in presenting at that meeting. Um, we scheduled, I'm on our regional ordination committee, and we scheduled uh, an ordination oral exam so we could do that in person during the conference. Um, Greg was in meetings. He's now serving as the area leader for Asia Pacific, that little corner the, of the world. That little corner of the world with has a couple people in it. Yeah. yeah. A lot of water. <laughs> a lot of water <laughs> over there. He's in charge of a lot of fish. Yes. No, there are, I think he said, four billion people in his purview. As Greg Wood, he's like, right I am at. responsible for four billion. <laughs> <laughs> that escalated quick. Yeah, yeah, it got out of hand. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, for Greg to be able to have meetings in person with guys coming from some of those countries, um, Philippines and Nepal and South Korea and um, Australia, and mm-hmm. it, he, he's connecting, networking relationally with yeah. with those guys. You guys had meetings. I mean, it's a great time to catch up with people. Yeah. Um, informally. Um, you're part of some of the Caleb, the yeah, music I, I and think worship that's, leaders. I think that's what, if I were to sum up <clears throat> what we do down there, it's 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 less about the ordered things that we do. Like there's that session. I mean, for people to give people a context, if you've ever gone to a conference before, you know, um, like the Cross Conference or whatever, Bethlehem Baptist Conference, whatever, um, a lot of it is ordered around just like what you do. And sometimes it's like, over the top scheduling of this, you're going to this, and then you're going to this, you're going to this. Mm -hmm. And I love how we have, how the leadership team plans this conference because 
though those are important and things are centered around that, it's not over the top. Yeah. Like we're just burdened, like, oh, we have to get to the next thing. Yeah. Because as it, it, just as we value the Sunday gathering and what happens there, God's word is preached, his spirit is more profoundly present, but we want we like to be together because mm-hmm. there's relational fabric there. And just like that, we like to be together in in at this mm-hmm. conference because of the relational fabric that we have. And so there's a lot of opportunity to connect with people that we have not been together with for a long time, that we really enjoy, that we can catch up with, um, that we're linking arms with in in certain areas too, like, you know, like an ordination council or Mm -hmm. church planters Mm -hmm. or all those types of things. Because as as important as those are, yeah, it's just about being with and seeing those people, whether it's in a you pass somebody in the hall and you connect with them for 10 minutes or you have planned, Hey, let's get, let's get lunch. Let's get dinner types of stuff like that. So yeah, I think just that that's happening. It is the family reunion. It is the family gathering. Um, that's, that's what makes it. Well, I mean, I I would, I I mean, I don't want to speak for all of us, but I think that's what makes it what it is for us. It's, it's less about what we do, but who we're with Mm -hmm. and what we belong to. Yeah. There's so, as you guys are describing, I think there's this conference, there's business getting done. There are meetings to go to and connections to be made that are more formal, um, ordinations to uh, committees and evangelism groups. And um, there's work getting done, council of elders. Uh, there's also these sessions we're attending, which is incredible. Uh, the singing is, you know, engaged. You got um, how many people would you guess were there this year? I, I think I was, they set out. Um, between 800 and 900 chairs. And I saw in the first session, because I was up on stage, I played bass for a couple of them. I saw them setting out more chairs Yeah. <laughs> at, at the end there. So there's, you know, roughly 800, 900 people there or more. Um, and just, and they're just a bunch of pastors who are just excited to be there. Mm. Good. And like you said, that Tuesday night, that first night is always... Uh, <laughs> it takes forever to get going because everyone's, so everyone's just in conversations and walking, trying to find seats and can't get more than 10 feet without seeing another person. So there's, there's business getting done, but there's also the fact that these are brothers that we never, we get to see once a year. Mm. Um, and just to see them again and to, to ask how they're doing, to pray for them, to, to just meet with them. And, uh, so some of the things I always do, you know, we've, uh, second year in a row now that we've been able to do our, our pastor's college reunion, get together with those men that we spent, and their wives, we spent 10 years, 10 months of our lives together, just in locked in, um, not 10 years. Yeah. Felt well, felt like 10 years sometimes. Uh, (laughs) we, a lot of gray hair was, was, was developed, but guys that you spent a lot of time with and now we're, have not seen you see once a year just to get together with them. And, um, I had a lot of lunches with individual groups or individual guys, just connecting. That's just such Mm a, that's such a vital part. And I think Caleb, you're exactly right. I love the fact that you don't, even though you do feel like you're, it's, it does feel like a, it's not a vacation. You know, yep. <laughs> you do feel booked, if you will. Like yep. you have, I'm going to, I'm having breakfast with this person and lunch with this person. There's dinner with these people. Done, but so yet like, there's, yeah. it's the, the point of the conference is to, is to make room for that, to allow for that type of, that's the goal of it is to, to, to build up the pastors of, of sovereignty. Yeah. yeah. One way really quickly, just schedule wise that they've done that. They, they made this change a few years ago. But um, if you can think of like certain conferences that you've gone to, maybe if you've been to one, those late night sessions usually are like after dinner and they go like way into the night. What they've done, um, they made this change is that 
after the, the first night's a night session, but after that, the next nights are actually like a four to six thirty session yes. so that the rest of your evening can be spent ha, ha, like enjoying one another's company through, through eating. Table fellowship. So, so yeah, we go out to eat with people. And then even after there were a few nights where we would have guys over to our Airbnb, guys from our region that we just connect with. Yeah. You're not able to do that if you're having that session um, all Super throughout the late. night. So yeah. that, that's, I, I love that change that they made. It just, cre- it's a, it shows from the leadership team that they value, they see the value in this yeah. and they've made room for it. Well, something that guys on the leadership team say explicitly is we build relationally yeah. in sovereign grace. And so you've maybe heard us say that here at Emmaus Road Church, you know, we, we would say the same thing. We build relationally. The relational fabric is not just an accidental byproduct on the side or a nice optional add-on, it, it really is essential to our gospel partnership. Mm-hmm. And and you see that modeled in scripture when you read through the epistles, that, that relational fabric that Paul is appealing to, mm-hmm. the affection that he feels for yeah. the church in Thessalonica or the love that he's received from the Philippian church or the generosity of the Corinthians, you know, he, the, the relationship is, um, th- this is the way that God builds his church is what happens when he builds his church. And it's the way that, uh, the gospel goes out into the world, church planting missions, evangelism that happens when people are united in Christ. And so investing in those relationships, uh, is essential to who we are and Mm -hmm. what we do. Mm -hmm. So those, so that is kind of a, a, a layout of a little bit of what goes on while we're there. Um, so when we say we're going to Orlando, the pastor's conference, what does that look like? A little bit of that. Um, but now guys, I want to, shift to some, what are some benefits? Like, what are some things that, uh, that make this trip worth it, that make this trip worth the investment, both financially and time and uh, all the rest, to, to go, to make this a priority for the pastors of Emmaus Road Church, as well as some, some others. I, I think I've got, a, I've got a list, and you guys can feel free mm-hmm. to throw, throw some in, but I think one of the key points, and maybe this sounds sterile, if you're, you will. You're going to ask and answer your own question? I am, okay. yeah. Go for as, it. as a good host would. Yeah, go for it. Um, <clears throat> I'm just, I'm giving you time to think. That's what I'm doing. Uh, one, one of the things, and this might sound, you know, sterile and lame, but like there is just the fact of getting together once a year um, allows for or makes room for denominational partnership or commitment. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, the Council of Elders on that Monday is one of the more formal events of like, there's a lot of, we're following Robert's rules. There's a lot of seconds and motions and it's very structured, formal. Uh, but that really is a highlight of our commitment to one another and our, particularly in our, our denominational partnership that we mm-hmm. desire yeah. to be in fellowship with one another yeah. in a formal confessional way, yeah. not just a we like these people and we'll hang out as long as it benefits us. No, yeah. there's a commitment to a to the statement of faith, to the book of church order that requires of us getting together in the same room once a year and encouraging one another, mm-hmm. arguing, debating with one another about the, the finer points. And um, mm-hmm. it's towards the aim of unity, towards the aim of partnership. And yeah. it's just every time I get into that room and I just, I, re- I recognize this 900, you know, however many pastors are there, to me, behind each of these pastors are how many hundreds of souls that are being shepherded by these men. Yeah. So in that room at one time could be you know, representing 
thousands and thousands of people across the world who are uh, under the gospel authority, under the gospel care of these men mm-hmm. uh, and their wives. So it, it, there's a denominational partnership that is highlighted, um, that is addressed and yeah. maintained. And uh, particularly, I felt like this year in particular, especially in a session that Jeff did, Jeff Perswell did about, uh, he, he asked a question about what will keep sovereign grace uh, steadfast, give us longevity um, over the years. Because, uh, you know, al- although we just, uh, back in 2020, voted in our statement of faith, we've been a family of churches for, this was our 41st year. Um, so we've been together for a while, but not <laughs> nearly as long as, as some. And, and what will give the next, the coming generations longevity is this kind of theological commitment to be, to theological integrity. Uh, this strong commitment to theological integrity. And that begins, at, that's what makes denominations denominations, mm-hmm. is these um, commitments to a certain th- theological concept. But it's more than that. It's not just theological denominational partnership, but I think a second benefit is uh, relational unity. As we've been discussing yeah. here, there's a glue that's re-cemented. Mm-hmm. Everybody getting in the same room, just see, see somebody's see somebody's face, check in with them, see how they're doing, hear updates from their church, be encouraged to encourage them. That, as Ryan, you were saying, that's a key element. That's just not, that's not a side product yeah. of, hey, we all agree doctrinally the same stuff. No, there is a key culture that we want to communicate. That's why we have both the shared values and the shaping virtues. Two things that uh, one is more theological, intellectual, you know, we need to agree on these points, but then the other, what kind of churches do we want to be? Mm-hmm. What, 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 are, what do we want to be the things that mark us? So when you get in that room, you just, you just, as Greg has told me in the past, it's just like a straight into the veins, yeah. sovereign grace culture. Yeah. And third benefit I would, I would argue is, um, the fact that we get to bring people with us every year, um, to expose them to that very thing, yeah. that this is not just an intellectual denominational gathering where we vote on stuff, but it is a relational family reunion where the shaping virtues of sovereign grace are operating kind of at on all cylinders with one another. Mm-hmm. So to expose our guests to that is, is such a huge product. And then to check in with them and see what they're thinking. And that's, again, that's what these dinners are for. And, and finally, the last one is for me, uh, it really does encourage me and build me up to then go back to Sioux Falls, back here to to pour into the people of Emmaus Road Church. I was telling you guys before. I think there's a, te- a temptation that could be that could be for a weary pastor who goes to the pastors' conference and just you know they've been in the trenches for a year. They go to the pastors' conference and the singing and the preaching and the just the fellowship and and look and go, wow, why can't my church be this way? And a temptation to say, wow, oh, this is what I. This is what it should look like. These people, why can't we just bottle this feeling up? That, that's not a temptation I have. I, I am When I get together, I'm built up, stirred up, encouraged to then go back to our local church, to our people, to, yeah. to, to continue on. And to, I just, it, it, as, as much as I love the pastor's conference and seeing all those brothers again, it's equally as encouraging to just go back and, and, and keep going and pressing on. And um, so those yeah. are my four. Yeah. Well, what you just anymore. said too, that's a benefit for our church then why we would, why our church gives and makes it possible for mm. 
pastors to go is for that, for the benefit to the church yeah. is that you come back refreshed and energized and, and ready to faithfully serve more. Um, that's, yeah, that's a benefit to those people. I think yeah. Matt, what you just said, especially that first point you just said, and I'm, I'm trusting people are hearing us say this, but this is what sets this conference apart from other types of conferences. Most conferences that we can think of are centered around a certain theme or something like that. And, but you can go there and you're with a bunch of just people who are there for that theme, like yeah. a worship conference or a missions conference, but they're all from different backgrounds or places. You can kind of get along with them, but they're kind of fairly unknown. But I think what you're speaking about and what, the experience is again why we want, why we bring people. The experience is you step in that room where everyone is together, and there is no doubt in your mind that these people belong together in the same room. They love one another. Mm-hmm. They're caring for one another. Like you said, there's 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 ministry that happens there to one another for guys who are burdened and burned out. Mm-hmm. There's 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 adequate time given to care for pastors even in that short time we're together. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I think. That's that's the highlighting piece of 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 a benefit for those who do go. Not for, um, is that there's just this sense like this is where we belong, and this mm. is where we love to be, and this is where we want to be. And I and I know that people in the past that we've brought to that, um, you know, guests, quote unquote, guests that we brought to that, that that's where you pick that up, yeah. and you kind of experience that more. In a sense, it, it's 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 one thing you can't just teach. You can't, a, say, yeah, it's you can't describe. Thing. You can't just be like, "Hey, this is what happens. Let's go do this here." No, you. It's something that's caught. Yeah. Um, and and the only way to catch it is to be in that environment where it's just so saturated. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I think like any body, the, it's a common metaphor for the church in Scripture. Paul uses this in First Corinthians twelve, Ephesians four, that the church is a body, and his emphasis in both those places is not only on the diversity of roles and gifts and abilities, but on the connectedness of the parts of the body. Um, and so re- that, that's why we say we build relationally. Like there has to be relational connection, communication back and forth, face-to-face communication. That's how you remain connected. Mm-hmm. So when we say we're a Sovereign Grace Church, we're not just an outpost. We're not on an island. Yeah. Uh, we are part of a broader family of churches partnering together to be more effective in mission than we could be on our own as a small church out of Sioux Falls. Um, we, we do more when we partner together. And so that partnership, as both of you guys already said, um, is really strengthened and facilitated. And I think, Caleb, the point you made that it, it's a benefit even to those here who yes. don't go. It, yes. it serves every local church, mm-hmm. the, the members of every local church, because by our connection to other pastors in Sovereign Grace, we're strengthened, we're built up, and that serves our people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think of the way that John ends two of his letters, Second John, Third John, if you've ever noticed this. Um, it's striking, coming in a written letter in written scripture, that John ends two letters saying, though I have much to write to you, I would rather not use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to come to you and talk face to face so that our joy may be complete. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something about face-to-face interaction and particularly, you know, John saying, I, I can communicate this way. This is good. I'm longing to be with you face-to-face. That will complete our joy in a, in a different way. Uh, you know, we stay connected to Sovereign Grace throughout the year. Mark Prater sends out emails. We've got blogs and um, all kinds of ways that 
sovereign grace stays connected, communicates what's going on, g- gives updates. But there's none of that compares to being together face to face and the completion of our joy that we experience in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as the the author of Hebrews says that at the end of the book where he says, obey to the church, he says, obey your leaders and submit to them for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. And that That's a sobering, for us as pastors, that's a sobering reality, um, especially to that group that meets together. Well, like I said, how many thousands and thousands of souls are being need to be accounted by the men in that room um, to God. And then he says, let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Uh, we've, if you've been around us before, you know, at Sovereign Grace, if you've been through our foundations retreat, we talk about, you know, we value happy pastors, not because for our own joy, but so that it would, I think the author of Hebrews is saying, the jo- joy, happy pastors are good for the people. Mm-hmm. It's of advantage to you that they have joy. And it's when we go to these conferences, it, this conference in particular, that my joy is filled up. Or as, yeah. or as John says, joy is complete. It's exhausting. You know, you're, <laughs> you wake up early, you stay out late, you eat food. You don't, you don't, you don't eat anything green for a couple days. And uh, it's, <laughs> it's a real intense as far as like demanding time, but it is so good to be with those men, yes. um, and to see them. So, uh, that's what we did that, that week. And, and it was incredible as always. Highlight, so, highlight of the year. Highlight of the year. It's so good to be there with them. Um, so looking forward to next year. Um, looking forward to other times where we get to connect with the broader Sovereign Grace world. Um, Jeff coming in just a few weeks and uh, our, our, our regional assembly of elders mm-hmm. coming up in, in a few months in the spring. And uh, so we do, we do stay connected. Um, but it's something about that week in particular where it's just a very concentrated, high-octane time to connect with those men. So, mm. uh, yeah, looking forward to next year and, and glad we did it this year. And, and thank you, Emmaus Road Church, for, for sending us, for giving us the means to, to do that, to giving us the time to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we don't, that is, that is a massive deal and we don't take that lightly. And, and thank you for praying for us as we went and, uh, and for caring for us from afar. And, uh, yeah. So thank you to our wives who yes. Yes, stayed, oh, man. stayed oh, home man. with kids, kept the fort from burning down. Man. Yes. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. Till next time. Thanks for listening to Make and Multiply. If you have questions about anything related to discipleship huddles or missional communities or gospel fluency, you can reach out to your missional community leader. And if you're not yet plugged into gospel community at Emmaus Road, visit us online at EmmausRoadSF.com.